If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. We could stay awake just to watch these movies. Watch and smile while she's sleeping. Even if it's kind of creepy, we could spend our nights and have the ever after. And we'll cry and you can plead me forever. Cause every rom-com we consume just gets better and better. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And today we watched How, How to, to Lose, Lose a, a Guy, guy in, in 10 Days. days. Ten days. Uh. <laughs> All right. So this movie came out in 2003. Have you guys seen it before? I did not realize until this week that I had not seen this movie in its entirety. Really? And that I, yes, I had only only seen bits and pieces of it on television where it's like edited. So there were, there were some scenes that I was very familiar with and others that I was like, this is a complete mystery. But what I did find interesting is that at a certain point I was able to predict the crazy things she was going to do even though I hadn't seen them oh that's scary to the point where I'm taking notes and I'm just like big mistake and then I was like oh that's exactly what she's gonna do oh okay cool 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 so (laughs) in that way it was pretty predictable so Mikey have you seen the movie before um this came out while I was in a freshman in college so yes so yes (laughs) if I liked a female in college I at some point would watch this movie on DVD absolutely I did not remember it at all I had not seen this movie probably since 2004 Okay, so the year after it came out. Yeah. You yeah. binged it for a year and then never again. Well, I mean, it was like a makeout movie. Right, so you saw portions of it for a year and then yes. never again. <laughs> yes. So it's really kind of like it's your first time, too. Yeah. It was my first time, too. Paige, it was his first time and it was his first time. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I mean, freshman year of college is usually what, right around the time that happens. I'm just happy you guys thought I was that successful in college. 
<laughs> I don't. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm I'm gonna say I think Todd was the only one get, getting laid freshman year of college on this podcast. <laughs> I agree. Nope. No. So it's <laughs> none of us. So what is this? What is this weird margin of success that we're saying? <laughs> this happens to everyone. We have three different people on a podcast, and all three of us are like, no, <laughs> no. Okay, but I th- I do think in the Venn diagram of people who had sex like younger in their life. And podcast host, those two circles do not touch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never, never the twain shall meet. I know. Um, yeah. Uh, Paige, I was a late bloomer. <laughs> yeah. D- ditto, man. Ditto. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was having trouble giving it away. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you know how hard it was. I, d- I mean, this movie kind of demonstrates it a little bit, but I don't know if you know how hard it was to be a fat person at the time that this movie was out, oh. but people were not into it. Oh. <laughs> Ditto, Paige. Yeah, we Ditto. have a lot to talk about with body positivity on this episode specifically. I would not say that this movie has a lot to say about body positivity did we watch the same film i'm saying it's not super into body positivity oh Oh, no no. yeah Yeah, it it is aggressively bad yeah (laughs) it goes out of its way to be bad about female form and figure we'll talk about all of that as we go through i i have a bombshell to drop (laughs) roughly 15 to 20 minutes from now that's going to blow your mind as to how bad this movie is about positivity more yeah. so than you even think. Okay, that aside, I actually like this. <laughs> oh my God, Mikey. I, I oh. will say this, and Todd and I talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Yeah. You could do way worse with a romantic comedy. Oh, you could. Right? Yeah. I laughed a lot. <laughs> there, there are definitely funny moments. Yes. I think that deep down inside this somewhere, there's a smart script that was noted and edited to death into what we got. Yeah. So I think that there's like pieces of brilliance in it, but it ultimately fails. I feel like if this movie was made today, it'd be a very different movie. Oh, I'm, I know it would be. This is, yeah. I think, the first time I've seen it all the way through. Because I think, like Mikey, it was sort of a makeout movie for me as well. And Mm -hmm. I just had not seen it all the way through. But I'm pretty sure I saw, like, a few of the scenes, right? I remembered some of the crazy stuff she did. Mm -hmm. But I did not remember the whole thing or how it ended. I like the chemistry between them. I will say that I like that. Okay. I mean, they are largely two horrible people that find love. But that's the thing. I think this movie, (laughs) I think I would dislike this movie a lot more if only one of them was horrible. But having two horrible people torture each other into following love. Did they fall in love, Mikey? I don't. I, I would argue no. I yeah. have some arguments against We're that. We're going to have. <laughs> and we, listen, we have a whole segment dedicated to are they still together? So we will talk about that when we get there. But for now, let's get to the fucking movie. Before we jump into it. Sure. I think I realized something about myself with this movie that for romantic comedies, if I'm not attracted to the male lead, I do not care. You said that to me through our text messages. Wow. And I I was like, oh, wow. Because I am not attracted to Matthew McConaughey at all. all Remote, right, all never, right, all right. never have been. He does zero for me. Maybe that's why I liked it because. Because you're attracted to Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> no. No, no, I get it. He's a handsome dude. I could say it. I felt pretty far removed from like the characters where it was mm. like more like. I didn't care if like they fell in love or not, but I was like, I'm eating my popcorn. Like, 
wow, this is a train wreck, but so entertaining. I mean, that that is the the one element in which I can kind of enjoy this movie is just watching the train wreck. But for me, watching a romantic comedy, the ones that I like really like, I first I guess I have to somehow invest either in their relationship or find the other person attractive so that I can kind of like put myself in her shoes or something. Right. Because it was not there for me in this. Like, uh-uh. I couldn't care less. And I love Kate Hudson. She makes right. fat girl leggings that feel amazing. So I'm going to give her a pass. But McConaughey, I, just nothing. I have nothing <laughs> there for me. I'll say this about Kate Hudson's performance in this movie. I think she does a lot of horrible things in this movie, specifically to Matthew McConaughey, that I think had another actress not done it as charmingly. I would have hated that character, but she, she like rides this line where it's sort of charming and funny so much so that as a viewer, I don't hate her. If I was Matthew McConaughey, I would have lost my mind, but I think she does a great job in this. Strongly disagree. I just feel like like, I, 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 I didn't emotionally connect with anybody in this movie. I didn't cry at any moments. I wasn't like like invested in the relationship. I feel personally attacked when you say stuff like that. It felt like, yeah. That's why I threw that in, because you cried in this movie. I cried twice, and I hated this movie. No, I mean, the messaging, all of it's terrible. But damn it, it was still charming, and I hated that. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it, Mikey. I get it. I promise you I do. I just think it's a horrible movie that I cried during. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I got none of the charm. I liked Kate Hudson, but that was about it. Yeah, but let's get into this fucking movie, yeah. How did you feel about the credits of this movie? We're actually seeing stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was spinning in, like, magazines. I mean, she works for, like, a Cosmo type magazine right what was the name of it uh glamour composure composure Uh, i love how mikey just swung and missed so hard right Uh, there glamour (laughs) is a real woman's magazine (laughs) yeah yeah she works at composure and those are the those are the things that are like spinning in and stuff you see her name is like andy something addison or whatever andy anderson they have superhero names his name is like ben benderson and her name is andy anderson um, the names later on when we get to some of the other characters are where things get truly bonkers. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote it down. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, she, you can see she's like an advice columnist for this monthly magazine. Yes, a how-to column. Yes. Exactly. So we're seeing her doing things like testing out inversion boots and like trying to get out of a ticket. And then we start the movie, like officially start, credits are over, at her desk. She's looking at a piece that she's writing and it's called How to Bring About Peace in Tajikistan. And for a hot second, I was like, does she think it's as easy as feng shuiing her house? Like, which was the scene right before this? Because this is a complex socio-political issue. Yeah. And this is where we kind of meet her and her best friend and they start talking about her career aspirations. So right out of the gate, we're passing the Bechtel test. So there is that. Yeah. Ah. This is one of the very few conversations in this movie that does pass it. But it passes it like in its second line, right? Yeah. It is like very upfront where it passes the Bechtel test. Which is like the lowest bar possible. (laughs) Lowest bar possible. And it gave me hope for the rest of the movie because I was like, oh, my goodness, we have two women talking about their career aspirations. This is great. And then we never have a conversation that detailed again. (laughs) It is aggressively bad. I agree completely. And her friend should have said to her, 
Do you think you're working at the wrong magazine? Thank you. Yes. Because they're never going to let you write anything political or about war at Composure Magazine. But other jobs exist for writers. But also, you could do both. Like, can't you write a how-to article for Composure and write politics? It's a once-a-month column. You've got 20 other days to write other stuff for other people. Freelance. Well, that she probably is under contract and can't. So, oh, like, I okay, understood that, that part be. of it. Oh, okay. Okay. But okay. Do you want to know something super crazy? So, I had been looking at Cosmo to try and promote this show. I had not read Cosmo since 2008 when we got a subscription of it at the sorority house for free because at the time Cosmo was just sending free magazines to sorority houses so I had not looked at Cosmo and then looked at it today and Cosmo has taken like a 180 really where really oh my Cosmo is just like how to fight for your fair wages in the workplace black That's lives awesome. matter <laughs> like hardcore militant feminist but then you keep scrolling and it's like but also tone your butt and astrology and i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) never change cosmo never change i mean it's cool that they're including the other stuff now though that's a step in a right direction it it was definitely i was heartened a little bit now here's what's really interesting within this scene we find out that she's flirting with one of the editors at sports illustrated and they use the name sports illustrated yeah and i thought it was a little strange that that magazine name gets used and cosmo doesn't oh that's a good point and i think cosmo didn't sign off on it but it's because she's clearly working at cosmo that is exactly the magazine that it is Yeah. yeah now Here's another thing, too. She's flirting with this guy at Sports Illustrated. He gets her NBA finals tickets, and then we never hear about him again. He's just gone. She just doesn't care that she's going to go off and date somebody else, doesn't care about this guy she's been flirting with. She never talks to him or about him again. I mean, I'm not saying that Kate Hudson invented ghosting, but she definitely ghosts that dude. And it was 2003. 100%. So, yeah. Um, It's the guy's fault. Why would he send her both tickets? <laughs> That's actually... I mean, you don't see Matthew McConaughey make that same mistake later. (laughs) Exactly. So, Mikey, you are absolutely right. Yeah. (laughs) I can't argue. I wondered the same thing when she invites her friend with the tickets and her friend's like, I'm not going to put out. At the time, I thought that that meant that those tickets were for them to meet up with the other friend. Like a double date. Yeah. Yes. Um, But then we don't see that ever come to fruition. So looking back on it, I think the friend was joking that she wouldn't put out with Kate Hudson. I think that's what it was. Yeah. I wonder if like that conversation was like he gave them to her to be nice. Yeah. Because she flirts. They, they become friends or whatever. But yeah, they don't right. want enough details. And he might have yeah. gotten them for free. He does work at right. Sports Illustrated, so they, they may just yeah. have some tickets or whatever. Well, and they're not courtside. You know, they're just random <laughs> tickets. <laughs> yeah, he's not sitting next to Spike Lee or anything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a basketball thing, right? I don't know. I don't like sports. I know it's basketball. That's all I know. Well, you know who also doesn't seem to know much about sports? Uh, Matthew McConaughey in this movie. We'll, <laughs> we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll get into that. I'm down with it. As a guy who has pretended to know about sports for hanging out with his friends and people he's dated. I really connected with that. (laughs) I cannot tell you how many times at a party I've been like, oh man, do you think they can convert on this fourth down? Oh, this is baseball? Okay. Um. (laughs) (laughs) But so we find out that there's a staff meeting Mm -hmm. and it's happening in 30 minutes and they notice that their other friend is not there. Yeah, Michelle is missing. Now, here's a problem. 
and we'll kind of get back to it as we meet Michelle. 30 minutes in New York is not enough time to do anything. I mean, unless she lives next to the building they work in, no. Unless she lives on the curb, no. (laughs) Because they literally leave the office, go to her house, cheer her up, and bring her back, dressed for work, ready to go in 30 minutes. And there's no way you could do that. In romantic comedy New York, you can travel the most efficiently you can travel in romantic comedy New York. That's like a rule of romantic comedies. Okay. It, it is, but it really bothers me in this particular... Well, there is another scene in between because we also, at this point, they're leaving to go get the friend and Matthew McConaughey pulls up and meets the other two women that he works with at the ad agency. Oh, you mean the people he calls hips and lips and then we never learn their names? We do learn their names and they're crazy. Oh, see, I've never heard their names. They're In the first couple scenes, they're only referred to by their last names, but... They are in one scene introduced with their full names, and I'll get to it in just a couple scenes. Awesome. But their names are bonkers. And when <laughs> I realized what their names were, I was like screaming at the computer. I was like, what? <laughs> so I can't wait. we find out that they're going next door to Composure yeah. to mm-hmm. talk to them about ad placement. That's how we found out that he kind of works in an ad agency. And he walks up to his office. We cut over to Kate Hudson showing up her, at her friend's house. Her friend opens the door in like a Civil War era nightgown, <laughs> sobbing, <laughs> ruffles floor length. And I'm yeah. like, she works at a magazine? What the hell? Are, what are you talking about? Well, you should see the way she writes. She's like, oh, dearest father did send us a letter <laughs> from the front of the wall. She has to use a Ouija board and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, that's a that's a joke for the crossover people. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. So Kate Hudson dumps the Revlon sample by the way, product placement for Revlon. Oh, yeah. Revlon absolutely. samples on the bed and then tosses her a cashmere sweater and is and basically tells her, like, hey, you'll look you look cute. This is gonna be great. Get ready. I don't want you to lose your job on top of everything. Right. And the girl's like, okay. And this is where we find out that she only dated that guy for a week. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was like, oh, no. A week and it's, quote unquote, the best week of my life. Uh, This is also where we find out that their meeting is in 15 minutes and she has not showered. She's not dressed. She doesn't have any of that sample makeup on. So it's not happening. Like, that's not physically possible. I mean, in order for them to make it back to work in time, she is showing up to that staff meeting dressed like a Civil War daughter. Yes. So they we cut back to Matthew McConaughey walking through his office, and he just <laughs> says to somebody, what up, T-Dog? Which we do learn later is Tony, but is not ever formally introduced. He ah, just right. yells T-Dog at him. Um, and this is kind of where we find out that he's like the Don Draper of this ad firm and works with Thomas Lennon, who they give like no fun things to say to, which is really a bummer. I know. Seeing Thomas mm-hmm. Lennon dressed in a sweater vest, but not saying wacky, funny shit was weird. Yes. Yeah, if him. Why would you ever ca- cast Tom Lennon as the straight man? I know. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? I, I should clarify. I don't mean straight as in sexual orientation. No, 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 I know I, what you mean. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean straight man as no jokes man. Serious. Yeah. Yes, serious yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this is the first point in this movie where I'm pretty sure Matthew McConaughey doesn't know sports ball at all because <laughs> he refers to the New York Knicks as the Knickerbockers. And I'm like, no one's called them that. 
in a hundred years. I think that <laughs> like, is their actual name, though, right? It is their actual name. It's ridiculous. That is, that is correct. No one says it. No, yeah. He says it because he's cool, Paige. No. That's not cool. Everyone would just be like, how about them Knicks? And he'd be like, oh, the Knickerbockers? And people would be like, what time machine did you walk out of? Yeah, he's the friend who's like, well, actually, Mikey, they're called the Knickerbockers. Nobody yes. likes that guy, Mikey. I don't care how many times he takes his shirt off in his uh, own office. Which is exactly the next thing that happens. It's insane. Now, I have a close friend of mine who gets in trouble with HR all the time for sending like inappropriate emails and stuff. Why is this person your friend? I don't know, Mikey. Why do you get in trouble so much? But, <laughs> <laughs> but there's no way HR is okay with him taking a shirt off in his office. Absolutely not. He had blinds in his office. He just didn't close them. Here's why this is next level crazy. Those blinds are open and you know that he does this every single day because the women in the office know to stand outside those blinds at that time to catch him shirtless. It's like that Diet Coke commercial from the 90s. Yes. It's their daily routine. Like, so he does this every day and his, for some reason, co-workers are helping him get dressed. By the way, those are his co-workers. Yeah, it's weird. It's like his team, but he treats them like they're his butlers. It's... <laughs> Next level bonkers. What is wrong with that? What? That's, that's not their job. They have real jobs. What are you saying? Okay, here, here is my interpretation of this scene. Oh, my God. Mikey the apologist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it, he says that those three guys, all they do is ads for beer and sports. That's, the, right. the, that's their advertising bread and butter. You get three bros to do beer and sports, and he was like the team lead, and those were like, his subordinates. So like in that context of like a broy, that's all they do. They just sit in one office and sell beer. Like I, I could believe it. I could believe that that is the culture of that three guys who only sell ads for beer. So what we find out is he's the ad copy editor and they're the ad like um, they're doing like the print copy. So they're doing like the wording or the art is what they're managing, which would make them sort of almost equals at least within the team right so it's just weird i have a team and if i walked in and changed clothes in front of my team they would think it was fucking strange yeah <laughs> they'd be like why is this happening <laughs> it's real crazy it's at very least inappropriate in the workplace yeah yeah it's 2003 <laughs> it's not 1963 like it's it's we cannot compare Matthew McConaughey to Don Draper at all in this. That that is heresy. Don Draper had good ideas. Matthew McConaughey has batshit horrible ideas. Uh, you could go frost yourself. Oh my god, god I'm so mad at you oh, right now. How it. dare you say that to me when you know so it is a garbage <laughs> advertising campaign? You know it is, Mikey. This it's is ridiculous. So... I can't. I am so triggered right now, Mikey. So he's giving a lecture on diamonds, which is interesting because he actually seems to know a lot about diamonds within the context of the story, but he's still not wearing clothes. And it's just weird. But this is where we find out the last names of the girls, Spears and Green, which he then proceeds to call lips and hips. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty problematic. I'm just glad there wasn't a third one because there's only one other rhyme that goes with that. Nips. For for a second, my brain was like lips, hits, hips, and clits. And I was like, that doesn't <laughs> rhyme, Paige. <laughs> okay, there's two other rhymes, but both of them are bad. 
Anyway, you shouldn't refer to your female coworkers by their body parts. No. Or really any coworkers for that matter by their body parts. Right. No, like this whole movie is super problematic. And I'm like ashamed that I liked it. <laughs> you should That is appropriate. <laughs> uh, we we cut back down to street level where the taxi pulls up. The girls get out and Michelle, the friend who they were consoling, has a full blowout and a full face of makeup. Yeah. And magically had a skirt that matched that sweater. <laughs> and I don't even know if you know, the average blowout takes at least 30 minutes. Yeah, I did not know that. But yeah, for her hair alone, <laughs> she's not making it to this meeting. This is where she starts detailing what happened in their week long relationship, where she talks about how she cried the first time they had sex. That's never a good look. This totally sounds like a girl I have dated. <laughs> I, I was curious because I was like, have either of you cried during sex? These are some things that I am not willing to talk about on the podcast. I figured. I figured. <laughs> I... I have had like a tear of joy. Yeah, same. Uh huh. I have had other people straight up cry, and not in like not in a great way. And like, uh, I would say if you want the sex to continue, crying's not the best because right. if you're having sex with a partner that cares about you, the second crying happens, they're like, "Are you okay? Right. Let's stop this." And that's exactly what I did. And then it was yeah. like, "Do you want to talk about this?" Yes. And both situations, it was like I was. It the first happened person. more than once. What? <laughs> <laughs> wow! Both situations, I was the first person they slept with since they're like ex. Mikey has a tight page. <laughs> oh my god! And like, obviously, they weren't over it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we should not be laughing. That's so. I'm so sorry. Like for I, well, I mean, for you and for them. Clear. Yeah, I mean, I try to be a very nice, understanding guy. You are. So I'm like, do you want to talk about it? I mean, like, you know, like, let's stop. The last thing I want to do is upset you or hurt you. You know. And then like they're like, you know, they they would talk about their ex, and like that's like the worst way to end something like that. Or the other worst way would be to call your penis Princess Sophia. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> Absolutely, Mikey. Which yeah. that would not bother me. Like that is not a barrier <laughs> yeah, for me. I could make that work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get me uh, a little mini crown, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh it's a tiara, Mikey. Well, you may have a princess, but I have a queen. <laughs> That's probably accurate. <laughs> so she tells this man that she loves him within five days. We find out. That's happened to me before, Mikey. Has that happened to you before? Has it ever lasted when that happened? <laughs> Absolutely not. That's not good. Yeah, thank you. Okay. <laughs> In my experience, that that is not a good sign. No. <laughs> no. So he didn't say I love you back. Surprise. Yeah. And then yeah. he ghosted her, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> he did. I can tell you've been waiting to do that. It's written in my notes in all caps. <laughs> Can I read you what my notes say, Paige? Yes. And he does what Mikey would do in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Oh. You guys have been out of the game too long. If someone tells you they love you within seven days, that's what we refer to as a red flag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't just ghost her. She left him 50 voicemails and said he loved her. And said she loved him. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but this is where she says the reason that she thinks that he ended it is because she is too fat. And she is conservatively a size four to six at best when the average American woman is a size 
14 to 16. Yeah, this is Catherine Hahn. Like, she is a yeah. big actress. You yeah. recognize her. And this yep. is a young Catherine Hahn. She looks great now. She looks yes. really great in this movie. It blew my mind. I was so mad when she thought that she was too big. I was like, that's insane. I do not believe that there is an actual overweight person in this movie. I don't think there's any. There's one, and they make fun of her. No, that woman is average. That is not oh, a fat. Sure, <laughs> yeah. But the movie sets it up that she is overweight. Like, that is a woman who is super cute. And not overweight, just an average-looking girl who looks super pretty. And he's like, oh, come on, girls. Yes, yes. Hang on. Is that your Matthew McConaughey impression? (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, live from L.A., Matthew McConaughey joining us in the podcast. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) Oh, my God. When we get to that scene, we will discuss that, yes, yes, she is just an average person. She's the only person in this movie above a size eight. Yeah. So <laughs> the one thing I am glad about is within this scene, Kate Hudson and her other friend call her on this and are like, you are not fat, yeah, which is good because saying yeah. you're fat when you're not is bananas offensive. But like bananas what they do next, I don't know if that's the right tact because essentially Kate Hudson spends the next minute and a half saying, it's not your looks. It is the rest of you. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, she needs to hear that. She absolutely <laughs> does. Kate is right. And to and I'll be honest with you, as a person who is fat, this was something that I had to learn. That it was not me being fat. That it was me being sad and desperate. And the more that I just embraced that I liked who I was, the less problems I had. Yes. So this is something she needs to learn. But they are wild blunt about it yeah. it is crazy Paige, come on <laughs> this is not the first time she's almost lost her job for a one week relationship absolutely and i think that's the thing that we're not seeing in this movie that they knew to go get her so uh-huh. this is clearly <laughs> yeah. happening all the time yeah. yeah so they're obviously like look this is your personality and you've got to change they're yeah. like listen michelle you are gorgeous on the outside garbage <laughs> on the inside we gotta work on that inside baby <laughs> it's it's not your looks it's just your most of you and so uh, it's they, just the shit that's not gonna go away with age <laughs> oops uh, so they go into their staff meeting and they take their shoes off and sit on the couches which is kind of like my boss really your boss makes you take off all your shoes no but we have smaller conference rooms and then we have a giant one that's literally like a living room with just a bunch of couches and like meditation pillows that's awesome you know only women more or less work in this office when they take off their shoes and then take a deep breath because that's yeah. not something you do with like guys i'm just gonna say absolutely. that absolutely i wouldn't do it with me i know what my <laughs> shoes smell like real talk ladies got smelly feet too let's yeah. like just don't leave. normalize it hashtag our <laughs> office had to institute a shoe rule <laughs> like it's fine <laughs> <laughs> So what I thought was really funny is one of the other editors in this meeting is running through the articles that she's writing. And I I kept notes on them. The first one is Botox for beginners, which is scary, but slightly upbeat. (laughs) At least it wasn't Botox for babies. That's all I'm saying. Right. What your gynecologist won't tell you. (laughs) Uh. I found a quarter in there. Like what? <laughs> yeah, like what would they not tell you? As a man, I don't know. These are conversations I am not privy to. I find gynecologists to be uh, more forthcoming than necessary at times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The worst is when you get one that's just like, huh, 
and you're like, what does what? that mean? Yeah, you never want to hear that from any doctor. And then they're just like, oh, hmm. And then just like go on. And I was like, you see these all day. What is it? And then they're just like, oh, nothing. And you're just like, stop making noises then. Anyway, so she ends every pitch with surprisingly upbeat. Like it's scary, yes. but surprisingly I upbeat. I love this joke. Yeah. The, the last one is the deadly pedicures. That yeah. was a real story. That was what? a real article at the time. It persists as like, I part of me wants to say an urban myth, but that's not true because you can actually catch things if the tools that they're using on you aren't sanitized correctly. Okay. But a lot of people just use it to be racist dicks to people who do pedicures. Oh. Anyway, for a while, people would freak the fuck out about their feet, and then it just turned out they had athlete's foot, but they were dicks to manicurists. <laughs> but it's surprisingly upbeat. <laughs> so this is where we cut to Kate, and she's like, I have my, you know tips for bringing peace to Tajikistan and they're like no politics uh, and they move on to Michelle who reveals that she got dumped but also reveals that she hasn't eaten since she was dumped and the room applauds for her that's insane yeah this for is her and I do believe this is presented as a joke I think this is supposed to be the idea of like this is how badly this magazine values women's bodies. Yeah. But the problem with that is this joke happens like six more times in the movie. Yeah. Not in a joking context. Yeah, I thought it was sincere because it's reinforced throughout the movie. I thought it was because that coworker had a personality disorder and they were rooting <laughs> for her to die. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. That's very dark. Very oh. dark read, Mikey. Regardless, Kate Hudson sells her friend out immediately. Yeah. And decides that she's going to write the article about the breakup. And she writes the title of the movie, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. The boss names the movie. Yeah, the boss, the boss says the title the of the movie. movie. Uh -huh. yeah. She's like, it's like dating in reverse. Yes. I'm going to find a guy, date him for a period of time, do all the cliche bad things, and do everything wrong in dating. And then the boss says, how to lose a guy in 10 days. And she said, why 10 days? And she's like, we go to print in 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Five days is too short and we go to press in 11 is what she yes. says. Yeah. Uh, we then follow them out of the meeting and they're walking down the stairs where, I don't know if you caught this, but the boss is like, who's that chic Buddhist Richard Gere cavorts with? And someone's <laughs> yeah. like, the Dalai Lama? And she was just like, yes, he's fabulous. <laughs> insane conversation. But I at, laughed. at that point, we meet the other two ad girls, the ones that work for with Matthew McConaughey, who are coming over to talk about ad information at this magazine, this is where they get introduced, and we find out Spears and Green are their last names. Both of their first names are Judy. Really? Yes. Uh, Judy Spears <laughs> and Judy Green. They are Judys. They did not even spend time to give them two separate names. They are both named Judy. And this um, is in 2003. Judy was not a popular name. Maybe that's why they had nicknames. I think it yeah. must be. It has to be, Mikey. Yeah. That makes me feel a little better about Matthew McConaughey. Does Calling it? them lips and hips? You could have just called them their last names because those are different. Well, and that's everyone else kind of does that. Yeah. But the fact that as the as a writer, you couldn't give one of them a different name. <laughs> 
Well, if you read the novelization page. Yeah, if you read the book of this movie. I am actually really curious about the book. Yeah, Mikey, what you didn't know when you started that joke is this <laughs> was a book. Yes. Oh, it was a book. Crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in yeah. the book, it goes into Hips got her nickname because she had a terrible car accident and had a hip <laughs> replacement. No, Mikey, it's because she it's because she doesn't lie. Oh. <laughs> and then Lips got it because she's a big Rolling Stones fan. No, because she's always lying because her lips are moving. Look, oh. Listen, if, if you're not going to pick up on the Megan Trainer jokes, I'm going to stop making them. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This same scene is where we learn that their friend Michelle, the one with the breakup, covers fitness and health for composure. Yes. Oh, no. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Oh, I, I've got news for you later. It gets worse. So she covers fitness and health and has already demonstrated a pattern of disordered eating that everyone's just going to make fun of. <laughs> not, they don't make fun of it. They support it. Yeah. It's yeah. not great. Yeah. Now, this is where the thesis statement of the movie comes in, where they're kind of brainstorming what to do to get rid of this mythical guy that's going to be in this article. Yeah. And what kind of rubbed me the wrong way about it is they're like, girls do everything wrong to drive guys away. And I was like, what about what guys do? Never addressed. This isn't a guys magazine page. Keep it up. I'm just, this is very one-sided, but they, they settle <laughs> on being clingy, needy, touchy-feely. And then they say, Calling him in the middle of the night to tell him everything you had to eat that day, which is insane. And, and then, then Michelle's Michelle, like, yeah. <laughs> Michelle's like, why? What's wrong with that? That's <gasps> the behavior of a psychopath, Michelle. That's what's wrong with that. That was really too specific for me. I was like, this is like someone's life. Like so That happened to someone who wrote the book yes. or the movie. Absolutely. There are a lot of things in this movie that I'm like, somebody did this. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? This is real but i mean most of the things they list that would drive a girl away or drive a guy away would drive a girl away yeah yeah absolutely. yeah yes absolutely i do think there's some i think personally there is a strange bias against women being quote-unquote clingy or touchy-feely that i feel like sometimes men use to justify getting rid of someone that they're not emotionally invested in but wanted to use for physical gratification absolutely whenever i hear someone be like oh they were clingy unless they follow that up with she lit my lawn on fire <laughs> like I'm always a little suspicious when someone's like clingy and I was like were they clingy or were you not upfront about what you wanted out of the relationship and they expected right. more and you did not no right. my friend taught me a philosophy with dating and I try to stick to it but sometimes I fail <laughs> is that you should be and, and like there's there's problematic things about the philosophy and there's there's but you have to be you know it's like either fuck yes or no yeah. So, like, you either want to talk to this person and, like, spend time with them and you're, like, all in to get to know them and grow a relationship. Or if you're, like, hemming and hawing or you're using them for aspects of it or you because you feel lonely, that's a no. Right. Yeah. And then just be honest with them. Yeah, guys need to own it. Yeah. Like, I just did not feel that connection. Because I feel like people have trouble having that conversation. They feel like the person on the other end is going to be upset. And all I think is like, how much more upset are they going to be later on when they find out that you were never into it and this was purely physical? If you just tell them ahead of time, they can make their own decisions. They can move on and find someone who's going to give them the relationship that they are looking for. Yeah, and sometimes they're sort of okay with that. 
they might yeah. just be looking for some physical stuff too. Yeah. yeah. Communication. Yeah. Communication. Communication is great. But if they're not looking for that and you don't tell them that that's all you're looking for, that's real shitty. Yeah, that's kind of like lying to someone. It is like it because it is it. Because it is it. <laughs> yes. From this scene, we cut to what can only be described as the most well-lit bar on the face of the earth. It's lit like a department store. It is. Which <laughs> I insane. am down for. There's dark, Bars can be too dark sometimes. Well, and what they kind of allude to slightly later in the scene is that this is not necessarily a bar as much as it's a corporate mixer. Oh, which yeah. makes sense because literally like both of the staffs are there. Right. And Matthew McConaughey is crashing a meeting about the diamonds because he found the tip that they were looking for new ad people. Right. And he wants a chance at the commission client. He wants it to be his account. Account. That's the yeah. word. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he is kind of demonstrating at this table that he doesn't really understand women and the other Girls no. are playing on that, but also sitting on their boss's lap, which is insane. Yes. It's very clear to me that Matthew McConaughey's job or place of business does not have an HR department. They were sitting on his lap? Yes. Yes. She's sitting on her lap and playing with the neckline of her, her blazery thing. Till, and the camera pans down to her tits. It's a bonker scene. Yeah. And then it's cut in between with Michelle, the friend, trying to get drinks at the bar and a guy who's just a regular looking guy looks at her and visibly recoils <laughs> it's nuts yeah it's probably a guy who ghosted her in the past <laughs> i i would imagine she doesn't seem to recognize him but like but there are so many of those guys i mean she can't yeah, recognize them all she can't yeah uh he he looks at her as if she's the ugliest woman on earth it's so crazy. Yeah. It's yes. like they're really trying to reinforce that she's like the failure of the friend group. And she's like the ugly friend, which is yes. insane. Catherine Hans yes. is an attractive woman. Yeah. Yeah. She's really pretty. It's crazy. Uh, this is also where we get the line from. I don't know if it was lips or hips, but <laughs> she says a woman in lust wants chocolate. A woman in love wants diamonds. Now, Paige, I would consider you a woman in love. How do you Thank feel you. about chocolate? I've never really been a chocolate person. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a vanilla person. She's more diamonds person, okay? I actually chose a different type of stone for my wedding ring. I do have a band that has very small diamonds in it, but my actual, like, solitaire is morganite. It's almost like women are people who have likes and dislikes that can't be defined by one generalization. <laughs> but I do love that the probably male writer who wrote that line Put it coming from a woman. Uh, it's probably a line from the book. And the book, I think, was written by a woman. Yeah, the book was, but the screenplay was written by two men and a woman. Was it? Yeah. This is something that Todd found that I, I think explains a lot of my frustrations with this movie. Now, this is where they set up the bet. This is like the thing I had the most notes on. Go for it. Oh, you took notes? I did. Nice. Yay! The title of the notes were Body Shaming the Movie. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> Which I figured you guys would have in your notes. Absolutely. But this is the part that I had some trouble with because this man is owning a company, and I guess now he has two of his employees on his laps like Santa Claus, and yeah. then he decides <laughs> to let them bet about millions of dollars of a contract. Yeah. yeah. And the bet is Matthew McConaughey will get someone to fall in love by the time they have their mixer of their diamond event. Yeah. And if he gets someone to fall in love with him, 
he will get the account, and if not, hips and lips get it. Right. Which, that is no way to do business. I think he wanted to give McConaughey the account regardless. Well, uh, I think, okay, so yeah, I think Miss De Beers or whatever her name was was going to make sure Matthew McConaughey was on the account anyway because she's the only one who actually falls in love with Matthew McConaughey in this movie. <laughs> True. They <laughs> call it something else, but it is 100% De Beers is yeah. who it's yeah. supposed to be. No, so this bet is insanity. And like, yeah. like, I think he's serious about this bet because later on the Diamond event, he assesses Kate Hudson's love. No, the, yeah. you mean the, the purveyor of the advertising agency? Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he absolutely is. He like goes and checks to see who won the bet. Like, who does business like this? Willy Wonka. But, like, I don't know why <laughs> this guy has to do that. What you didn't see is as the boss of the advertising agency arrives at the, the mixer, he actually walks in slowly with a cane and then does a forward flip and pops up. And then he sort of walks in. Yeah. Ooh, he's like, do you love him? Would you trade him for an everlasting gobstopper? But this part where they start to establish the bet is where we see the one average size woman aka, oh. a, aka fat woman in in this movie and she is immediately ridiculed yeah the movie calls her fat the I don't movie think calls fat. her fat yeah, yeah. yes because hips and lips have to point out the woman that he's supposed to get to fall in love with him yes and they point at her first the, the mm -hmm. average and she's really pretty she's yeah. gorgeous i really Absolutely. liked her and he's like Come on, ladies. Here's what's terrible. They <laughs> they cut to her, and I was like, ooh, I want that shirt. Like, right? I had a moment of like, yes. And then they were like, gross. And I was like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> this, for me, was the turning point of the movie. Because up until now, I felt like almost every other fat joke we had heard was subversive and was meant to reflect how terrible the people in this movie are but this is a joke that the movie is making at someone's expense that is not subversive absolutely this, this is the movie saying fuck fat people yeah like clear as day yes. i am not defending yeah this. oh no yeah for me it then like takes away all those quote-unquote subversive jokes yeah and just makes them more body shaming jokes yes you know? yeah this is when i was like oh everyone in this movie it's kind of a shitty person. Yes. Yeah. Also, they so they cut to the blonde and the leopard print who has a great shirt. I wish I had it. And her hair is great. She's cool. They say that she looks like a lot of fun. And I was like, she does look like yeah. a lot of fun. The next <laughs> one they cut to, they just call Babylon 5, where it is literally just someone dressed as if they have walked out of Babylon 5 in yeah. this movie. <laughs> yeah. It is ridiculous. That is a good reference. That is a good <laughs> reference. I, well, here, here's here's what it really looks like because it's a little too heightened for Babylon Five. It looks like someone walked out of Xenon Girl of the 21st Century and is standing in this bar. <laughs> then they finally point to Andy Anderson, right? Because they right. recognize that she's trying to get a guy to lose in ten days. Yeah, hips and lips. That's what they call them. They know. They know she's working on that. Yeah, absolutely. Here's what's crazy about this scene. I mean, one of many things. They keep cutting back and forth to Andy and her friends and they're fake laughing the entire time and not having a conversation. And they're just like, ha, 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 ha. And every time they come back to them, they're like, ha, 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 And we never see them talk. It's like those pictures of fake, like people laughing at salad. Like it's so strange. Paige, they call that peacocking. Uh, yeah, but I've never seen it work. It doesn't. Everyone just thinks you're a psychopath. 
Of course, when I used to do it, I would do it alone. So I'm just a guy in a corner booth laughing my ass off at nothing. So it's not a good look. Here is where we also see Kate Hudson try to take a run at a guy at the bar and then find out that he's married. And then Matthew McConaughey intersects her and they have what I can only describe as a very bizarre tone poem before they agree to leave the bar. I hated this so much, Paige. I did too. The one sentence and back and forth, the one word back and forth. Hello, Hello. cute. Thank you. Surprising, psycho, leave now, hungry. You're just like, use more than one word at a time. And I'm sure someone wrote this being like, so clever. They just like click, they get it. And I'm just like, this is the strangest. It's like they're robots. No humans talk this way. No, they don't. And you don't go to a second location with the man you met and Thank have only you. said seven words at. Yes. As like as a woman, I'm like, I would never. And as, as we find out when they go outside, he has a motorcycle. And she's wearing a dress. Yes. I have that in my notes, too. I was like, this is the most dangerous thing. Yeah, because at best, she's side saddling that. So her dress isn't up around her like waist, right? She she, she straddles it. You, oh, and you she see does? her do it. Yeah, she does. But she does. Here's oh. the thing. Well, and, and I do want to cover the fact that her friend double fists martinis as she leaves, <laughs> which I was like, it's a whole can of fish that we cannot even open. Oh, the other yeah. one has no con- discernible personality trait. She does not, other than the fact that she double fists drinks. <laughs> other than that she's an alcoholic, no. Yes. Uh, so I could literally she, talk about this movie for probably 20 hours. To be honest, you, you could merge her other friend with Michelle yeah. Yes. And chains change like five lines, and the movie would be no different. Yeah. So she straddles that motorcycle, and my first thought was: a, her dress is flapping behind her; it could get caught in the wheel. Yeah, it could. Is that a real thing? Yes. Yes. That is a thing. She could also burn her legs. Yeah. On the on side the of that motorcycle, on the pipes. I used to have a motorcycle, and like I would tell people, I was like picking up for a date. I was like, if you don't mind, I'll bring the motorcycle, but you'll have to wear pants. Yeah. I mean, not all, not the whole date, though, Mikey. Not the whole date. <laughs> just, just on the motorcycle. You couldn't burn Kate Hudson's legs because they're so hot. Oh, my God. Yeah, the, the motorcycle might get burned. Yeah, exactly. So they find somewhere that serves late night crab legs. Because I was like, what time of night is it? that they're like, <laughs> this crab this is still thing, open. I'm like, this is supposed to be both of their A game. It is. Yeah. And his A game is to take her to the equivalent of like a lobster shack in Miami on their first date. I thought it was just like a Chinese bu- 24-hour Chinese buffet. Which I'm sure exists. I mean, that could be. I don't know. So this is where I'm about to drop my bombshell, you oh, guys. Oh, hell okay. yeah. Are you ready? I am so ready. I am not a seafood person. Me either. It's gross. I love it. Good for you. That's totally fine. But what was happening with me as I was watching this is Matthew McConaughey is aggressively eating this crab and his face is greasy, his fingers are in his mouth, he's like (laughs) pulling apart meat. And it's this whole thing where I was just like, I am so grossed out watching him. And then I realized that I had not seen Kate Hudson eat. So I rewound this entire movie and I watched it all the way through, keeping track of when Kate Hudson eats. By the way, in this scene where they are on a date eating together, we see her put shells in the bucket. Yeah. We see her try to crack a claw. We see from behind her head 
put what looks like food up to her mouth, but we never see her actually take a bite. We see her pantomime chewing, but with her mouth closed. We see her pick food up and put it back down, and her lip gloss never smears. It stays completely <laughs> intact. And so I started watching the rest of the movie to see when she eats. By the way, never once in his presence. Really? Yeah. It's only in the it's only in the back of that restaurant where she eats that taquito. Yeah. It's in the back of the restaurant she eats the taquito and then she eats the burger in her office when her boss shames her for taking too big of a bite. Yeah. Oh, this movie's terrible. This movie is terrible. She holds food. She picks up food and puts food back down more times than she actually eats. Because <laughs> at one point she holds ice cream and never eats it. Those are and all signs of eating disorder. They are, Mikey. Yes. yes, they are. And people, she drinks. We do see her drink. People hand her food and she never eats it. She doesn't eat the lamb. She doesn't she starts to take a bite of the vegetarian dish but doesn't eat it no. and that's where she claims that he thinks she's fat matthew mcconaughey on the other hand eats every time oh yeah anytime there's food he eats it he gets down on it on a lighter note <laughs> i will say that this scene is when i noticed that i do not have the attractive confidence of matthew mcconaughey because i was like he is just ripping into crabs has butter and meat everywhere. Yeah. And he's talking and, and like, chewing with his mouth open. My mom told me once, never eat hot wings with the, in front of a girl unless you're sure she loves you because she's not going to stick around. R Your mom said that to you? Yeah, as, as I was eating hot wings. <laughs> I went on a date with a guy to eat hot wings one time, and he mentioned it during the date where he was like, Here's how I know you're cool is that you're sitting here with a bunch of dudes because it was like a group thing eating hot wings. And I was like, yeah, but it was um, <laughs> uh, it was an understanding of like, this is gross and you're still here. Literally, the rest of this movie, they conservatively eat like six to ten more meals together. Yeah, he is shown eating every time she is not. And the more I noticed it, because then I was looking for it. It bothered me more and more and more the longer the movie went on because I was just like, they're literally not allowing her to eat in front of him or on camera even hardly at all. Do you think those scenes were shot and then edited out or do you like do you think this is like someone I don't think they were even shot. Like do you think that was like a director choice or like I don't do know. You... We know those scenes were shot. I mean in the lobster or crab leg scene or whatever, there's food on the table in front of her. She's in that scene. Right. She is just aggressively not eating. And he is aggressively yeah. getting down on it. Also, that's like lobster. Like, if she's not going to finish it, I would be like, you need to give that to me. <laughs> <laughs> My frustration with it is it's never called out. So he's never like, are you going to eat that? Like, it's never mentioned. It's considered normal. It's like her behavior is normal. And I feel like either it was a deliberate choice, but never mentioned in the movie, which is kind of sinister. Uh, or it was accidental, which is almost worse. Because yeah. it means that no one cared to notice that we have very, very thin women in this movie and none of them seem to eat or they have a noticeable disordered eating pattern and it's either praised or mocked and it's really upsetting. It's not a good look for this film. <laughs> Absolutely not. So they go home, which apart from the body shaming thing, seafood on a first date? That, that's what I'm saying. You got to be Matthew McConaughey to just like start cracking open selfish in front of a girl you just met and be like, you want to come home with me? <laughs> I, I, oh, no, thank you. I will just, I'm like the smell. 
The yeah. smell. You haven't thought of the smell. Um, <laughs> so they go home together. She snoops through his medicine cabinet. Great. Oh, you're very pro snooping when you go to someone's house for the first time? Um, I mean, not always. Yes, absolutely. Mikey, you are okay. I th- it depends on whose house I'm at. That's fair. For me, if I'm there twice, when I walk in the first time, I'm just going to be cool. That's whatever. Second time, you're giving me that Wi-Fi password. <laughs> of course. This is the only scene so far where they have chemistry is when they come back to this house. Yeah, well, and they had just bonded over the fact that they're both in jobs where they're not taken as seriously as they would like to be, and they're both, yeah. like, a little unhappy. <laughs> it's called vulnerability, and they shared some. Yeah, and it seems like that's, like, the beginning of, like, what could have been a nice relationship if they both weren't awful people. Yeah, now, he does have the home of a serial killer. Yes, he does. There's nothing wrong with that. What? <laughs> there is something wrong with that. What, what kind of- it looks like no one lives in his home. That That's my concern. That's it, not It looks true. like no one... Nobody lives there. No one's touched that bed. It's insane. She's right. Uh, I thought it looked more lived in when they did the poker scene. They did because she had put stuff around the house. That's the change. I mean, I get it. That's fine. We don't have to talk about it. He hasn't grown up. He's failure to launch still. That's true. He he has no pictures of his family or anything. Nothing up. Which is surprising. Because of how close he is with his family, as we mm-hmm. find out later. But I did like that they didn't sleep together. Because, like because again, I didn't remember a damn thing about this movie. And I was like, oh, my God, are they going to sleep with each other to use each other? I was like, these people are terrible. I mean, yeah. they get close that one night, which is not this date, but still, they get yeah. close. They get close this time. They're in the bed making out, and they're like, should we not? No. I want you to respect me. I want you to respect me, which is a conversation I have had. I want you to respect that you respect me, that (laughs) I respect you, that you respect me. (laughs) Love this scene, because I I have had that conversation. I do like when he thought it was a one-night stand, he put on Nelly. Yeah. (laughs) The thing that also stuck out to me, so they just ate a ass load of seafood, and then they drank a bunch of beer, and one of the things that I do not miss, because my husband and I don't drink anymore, beer kisses. It is the worst. Yeah. (laughs) It's so gross. And she takes like a swig and like snowballs it into his mouth. It's gross. gross. That's all you take. It's just that and seafood, and I'm just like, somebody brush their teeth. I'm going to lose my mind. I mean, Paige, they don't consummate tonight and i think we know why i think they were both a because little they were grossed just out yeah sweating lobster like it's <laughs> so gross they're sweating lobster butter and throwing beer back and forth between each other's oh. mouths i don't understand what oh. is wrong with this it's, i'm all in <laughs> I so she leaves here's the crazy thing i noticed as she walked out of the house i was like where's her purse because she doesn't leave behind. Yes. As a woman, I'm like, where is my purse at all times? I was like, did she not have a handbag? Like, what did she, but she, she brought? She had nothing? a phone. And so I was like, she must have had one at some point. She's just doing the leave behind, guys. It's a classic leave behind. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. The next day at work, he's got it in his office and he's telling his friends that they didn't hook up because it's a marathon, not a sprint. And they're like, 10 days is a marathon. And he's like, okay, so it's the 3,000 meter hurdles. And that's insane. That's way too long for hurdles. That's almost two miles of hurdles. (laughs) I did not even. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's like steeplechase. That's what that is. That is a good metaphor for a relationship. I don't know. I don't don't know if you guys know, but I white sweatered in track. Thank you. (laughs) Noise. So standard hurdles are 300 to 400 meters. Basically a quarter mile. 
He fully says 3,000. I rewound it because I was like, this is insane. This was the point that I texted you guys and I was like, I keep having to rewind this because Matthew McConaughey says crazy shit. This <laughs> is what it was. <laughs> what you're talking about. This is what it was where it was like two miles of hurdles, two miles of jumping every four feet or whatever. Like, what the hell? I guess it's like, it's like 15 feet, I guess, between hurdles. But That's like, like the name of my autobiography. Four miles of hurdles. The Michael Randolph story. Um, he he tries to claim the moral high ground by not looking through her purse, but then they knock it over and immediately look through it. Yeah, well, and they're also looking at the purse like they're aliens who have never seen a purse before, and they're like they're like forensic scientists. Yeah. where one of them is like probing it with a pen and it's just insane. like pushing things around. Yeah, and that's where he finds the Knicks tickets. I'm sorry, the Knickerbockers. <laughs> right, tickets. the Knickerbockers ticks. And then he sends her a hundred roses. Personally, red flag. Yeah, uh, yeah. A hundred roses. This the is debatable. Day. The most insane thing that either one of them do at this point in a relationship. Yeah, it's wildly expensive, and it's a public gesture. And they just met. They yes. just and they did not sleep together. They nope. barely had conversation. All they did was watch each other slurp crab legs. Yes. And he's just like, a dozen white roses. No, I'm sorry, a hundred. A hundred white roses. She should have acknowledged at work because she should have been like, this is insane. Yeah. Like, she should have acknowledged that. Well, okay, and you know what white roses mean, right? No. And so it's like innocence and purity and youthfulness, but it's also referred to sometimes as bridal roses. Uh. Like, that is an inappropriate color of rose to send to somebody in this situation. Like, why don't you send her, the scene would still work with like a nice cute arrangement. An edible arrangement so she can have fruits or the cookie bouquets so she can have cookies. Yeah. You know, after meeting someone for the first time, you don't need to send me anything. Just give me a call to let me know where my purse is. Yeah. <laughs> and give me my Knicks tickets back. Yeah. She interprets the flowers as him having found the Knicks tickets. Yeah. So it was like part of her plan. Yeah, she sees through it. I was like, oh, they're like, same. They're both very bad people and very cunning yes. and devious. That's that's why they make a good couple. No. No. She calls him to thank you for the flowers. And he essentially invites himself to the game, which she can't do anything about it. He's got the tickets. Yeah. He's holding the tickets yeah. ransom. And she's already promised the tickets to her friend. Yeah. Well, I think her friend didn't really care. I know, yeah. but still, it's sort of a dick move. She has no interest. Yeah. yeah. Now, they go to the game, and she's normal through the bulk of the game. At the game, <laughs> she is seen occasionally holding food. Yes. So this is one of the few places where she kind of eats, but not while he's looking. Like, specifically, he's watching the game and she sneaks a bite. Or she sends him to the concession stand so she can eat. This is my favorite. Yeah, but she doesn't like regular Coke. Okay, I was watching this movie. She sends him to get a soda. And right. I was like, oh, last minute of the game, that's hilarious. And then he leans over the counter and says, a Coke, no ice. And I was like, and I like instantly knew. I was like, why would you ever order a regular Coke for a woman? Why would you ever do that? Because society has conditioned us to drink Diet Coke from childhood. I've been right. drinking Diet Coke since I was like eight. So. Well, hold on. I'm a Diet Soda yeah. fan and it's mainly for the taste because I think regular soda is too sweet. I prefer Diet Coke, Diet Dr. Pepper, all that stuff. Yeah. I just call them Skim Coke. Or Sk skim Coke. <laughs> yeah. See, if this is my movie, I'm more of like a Larry David where I would have came back and been like, here's the Coke you wanted me to get you. And then she'd be like, I ordered Diet Coke. And I'd be like, then you should have asked me to get you a Diet Coke. And that's how people communicate. And if you want one, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we break up. <laughs> Mikey is single, ladies. Here is, here's what's crazy 
as a woman, I would have defaulted to Diet Coke. I, w- I would have automatically thought Diet Coke. And if it had been regular Coke, I would have been like, my bad. <laughs> well, and then I would have been like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll get you a Diet Coke after the game. But if she tried to yeah. send me back, I was like, no, I'm, we're going to finish the game. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. And then it would, I would have just gotten into a yelling argument with the woman I'm at the game with. <laughs> because that's... <laughs> Mikey, I can't, I can't imagine why you haven't figured it out. So she gets in a taxi and leaves. The next day, she calls in the middle of his meeting, and she is basically just calling him for no reason. She asks if he's busy that night, but she's just trying to bug him. She's trying to lose him because she, she he missed the last shot of the game. We are very firmly in the she is trying to figure out a way to run him off. Right. Yeah. She would have literally lost me the first thing she tried because I'd been like, this is not no. normal. This, I do not like this. It, and it is a complete break in her personality from what he's known about yes. her so far. He sticks it out for a long time. Although we know he is also doing it for his ulterior motive because right. they are both horrible people. So, like, I understand why he sticks it out, you know? Right, right. At the game, when there's only a minute left, I personally would be like there's a minute left i'll get a soda after soda after like just as a woman like not trying to lose somebody right so like if someone doesn't think through that i'm just like who are you (laughs) what is your life like i literally would have been like oh this is like a really funny joke i'm obviously not gonna get you during the last minute of the game you're funny but then she would get upset i'm like oh you have a (laughs) (laughs) it's called a soda addiction mikey and it's real you know what if i don't have soda i get headaches don't make fun of me uh so a lot of mormons struggle with this soda addiction mikey (laughs) (laughs) so she chooses to see sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, well, because during that phone call, she's like calling to bug him and he's like, what can I see tonight? Pick a movie, we'll go see it. And they go to this mythical theater that always plays movies that they just want to see. Yeah, I figured she had picked a special screening of some sort, which is also explains why the guy behind them was so upset. That guy needed a hug. Yeah, I wanted to hug him. I know, I felt bad for him. I think he's a little just as bad (laughs) as everybody. Yeah, I mean, I think... Let's dial it back, you two. Uh, yes. He's also a bad person. Everyone in the movie That's is a fair. bad person. And if you can accept that, it's way more enjoyable. So she's talking during the movie and she does something that I hate, uh, which is just, what's on your mind? Oh, yeah. Or like, what you thinking about? I am so guilty of doing this to people. <laughs> it is not even funny. Are you serious? I got into a legitimate argument with a friend in college because I said that this was a stupid thing to say to people. And she was like, I say it all the time. Why is that stupid? And I was like, if I wanted you to know my thoughts, I would tell you. And that's because I'm a Scorpio. (laughs) Apparently, that's not the norm. Apparently, other people aren't like that protective of their thoughts. I think a better version of this, my my husband does something where instead of saying, hey, what you thinking about? He'll just be like, you okay?" And I'll be like, yeah. And he'll be like, great. And then the <laughs> silence can continue and everything is wonderful. Yeah. And I appreciate oh, that a lot because I can al- I can always say, no, I'm not good. Here's what's happening. Or I can just say, yeah, I'm good. And then everything is fine. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey is just like, well, I'm just trying to watch. I'm just trying to watch the movie. I don't yeah, really I'm think watching this movie. Yeah. So the part I did like was that she brought him to this movie thinking he right. would hate it. And he, lo- it's his favorite movie, and he's yeah. super into it's it. It's a great movie. And I was like, man, I'm glad they're 
other guys who like romantic comedies and know nothing about sports. Yeah, I felt very represented in this movie. Right. <laughs> also, movie talkers oh, first on a first movie date is like ooh, that's not okay. Like one sentence every now and then to be like, oh, that's a funny thing or blah 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 blah. That's fine. So I once had the cops call to me in a movie theater because you were talking. I that does not surprise me at all because you, you cannot stop talking. <laughs> So, yeah, I was watching the last Harry Potter movie with my brother, and I had seen it before, and he had not. And it was a packed theater, and, like, yeah. people were, like, eating popcorn. It was, like, pretty decently loud, and he literally just whispered to me, hey, do they do this thing or whatever? And I said, yes. And then this dude in front of me says loudly, hey, do you mind? And, like, we were, I swear to God, it was like I was whispering over my shoulder. It was not loud. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, Stop talking. And I'm like, I I wasn't talking. Now you and I are talking, but I wasn't <laughs> talking. And then he was like, Well, stop being a little bitch. And I was like, Sir, I'm I'm not <laughs> being a little bitch. I don't know what's happening. And then he and, and we are like talking loudly and people are like looking at us. So he stands up and I fear for my life because it was stadium <laughs> seating and he was a road down and he was taller than me. So oh, like no. I was very scared. And then he just walks out and then literally 15 minutes later, a cop walks up and then pulls me out. I, I walk over to him. And I say, I think you're looking for me. And he looks at me and goes, yeah, probably. So he <laughs> pulls me out and then he talks to me and he's like, hey, what happened? I tell him my side of the story and the cop goes, okay. Well, I'm not going to let him come back in here because he's real mad and uh, enjoy your movie. So I went back, watched the rest of the movie. And then at the end of the movie, I get up with my brother and we start walking out. And then his family, who was all around, start talking to me about how awful I am. And I was like, you're not mad at me. You're mad at your husband, man. I'm going to go home. That's my uh, I got the cops calling me story at the movie theater. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, this dude. And Matthew McConaughey, get, well, more him and Kate Hudson kind of get in an argument. And he stands up and he's massive. Well, and Kate Hudson's like, well, if you don't shut your mouth, my boyfriend's going to kick your ass. And he's like, yes. no, shut, no. I would have paused the situation and been like, first off, this is a second date. Let's not use the boyfriend term. <laughs> I, like yeah. how, I like how there's a fight about to break out. But what you're concerned with <laughs> is that she's labeling the relationship yeah the first punch <laughs> thrown is the like the commitment and i was like whoa 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 i'm not her boyfriend i literally would have said that to that guy she's on her own um, is single ladies i do the opposite i don't know if you guys have ever been with a girl that starts fights in your stead i'm the opposite where i'm like i have no stake in earning respect from other people i am willing to leave at any time i do not need to fight you same ever now they go out into the lobby and this dude levels mcconaughey out with one punch yeah just like immediately well, mcconaughey's like let's just talk about it she was a little hot let's just talk we can work things out we didn't mean anything he just gets socked but i like that he tried to talk it out first yeah yeah i do like that I also like that the guy who punched him is like crying, crying. as he walks yeah. back yes. into the theater. And that's why I was like, I just want to hug this guy. Like he is going through something. He has had a day and he just needs some Tom Hanks love you in his life. Yes. Do not go to a romantic comedy by yourself. I have done it. It is sad. Yeah. Unless you're going through some stuff. Yeah. And that man it was, was the case both times. Yeah. Um, so she tries to, I guess, nurse Matthew McConaughey. Nurse is a bad word for this. Because of where his head is? Consoles. Yeah. Consoles him. She consoles Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, that's better. 
And he straight up motorboats her on the floor of this theater. Yeah, in public. Which was really funny. It was funny. <laughs> this this was, I did laugh at this. Mikey is defending it. I mean, the way they played it off, it, it sounds creepy describing it, but like she started laughing, he started laughing, and I was like, oh, okay, like they're actually okay again. But like, again, she started a fight for you, which I wouldn't be able to forget. You know, right. the next day is where we get the shaming around the burger. Yeah. Where her boss is like, take smaller bites. She shows up to dinner at his house that night with a box of her stuff. Literally, like he's cooking. He has planned this whole like, this is the third date. I'm going to seal it with my lamb, whatever dish he's going to make. And she shows up with a box. And while he's cooking, not paying attention, she moves in. Yes. Now, there is something really, and this is a small thing, but I noticed it and it made me laugh. He has a restaurant basket of bread on his table. Yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> stole that from O. Charlie's, and that's Clearly. now on his table. Yeah. What is wrong with that? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> it's not that there is a basket of bread, because people do have bread baskets, yeah. especially if you're having a nice dinner and you have, like, rolls or something. The problem, <laughs> the problem with it is... It is literally the it is literally a restaurant one with a black maitre d' napkin under it. So it looks like they stole it from an olive garden and then just set it on the table and I couldn't get over it. It didn't match anything else he had. It looked so out of place and strange. Again. Um, uh, what is wrong with that? I just thought <laughs> no. it was a strange choice. We've all been there. We're cooking a romantic dinner. You forget something, and then you just either Uber Eats it or steal it, and then like present <laughs> it like you cooked it. <laughs> That's what I call the misdoubt fire meal. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> he went to Olive Garden and was like, just took a basket of bread and walked out. Yeah, he's like, hey, listen, I'm here, so I'm family. Give me a basket of bread, Pops. I got a date tonight. <laughs> He would have had to have like stolen it at lunch Or he stole it in the past And was like this is my date bread basket (laughs) But that's totally something I would have done in college (laughs) So she's setting up stuff around the house Including stuffed animals on the bed Which is nuts But the comforter That was the line for me The, The pink fuzzy comforter Yes at some point, Matthew McConaughey should have been like, I bet I could get someone else to fall in love with me who's more normal. Yeah. Uh, she also turns on You're So Vain, which is such a crazy song to make like your song. That's You're So Vain shadowing for later, right? It yeah. is. And it's clearly because she expects him to think it's crazy. Like it's an extra yes. layer of yes. crazy. Anyway, so she also brings a love fern which is a baby fern like our love and you have to nurture it. Now, here's what bothered me, first of all. Is it that Matthew McConaughey thinks plants sleep? No, wait, what? (laughs) Wait, what are you talking about? Did he say that? You mean later when he's like, it's sleeping. Now, fern, fern. (laughs) That's a funny joke. I defend it. (laughs) Well, he's not entirely wrong because ferns do kind of curl. At night. Oh my yes, God. I, I guess. Okay, fine. So, but, but yeah, the idea that a plant is asleep is pretty funny. I feel <laughs> like if you have a dietary restriction, it's on you to tell someone if you're going to their house for dinner that you have a dietary restriction. Yes. Here's why I brought it up because she comes and moves into the house and is like, ooh, smells good. He's cooking the whole time. Yeah. At any point, she could have popped into the kitchen and been like, what you making? And 
let him know that that wasn't going to work. But we also know she's not a vegetarian because she was eating yes. a burger at lunch. I, I think it didn't matter what he was making. He could have been yes. making a vegetarian dish like broccoli casserole like he mentions later in the movie. It yeah. doesn't matter. It's just whatever she can do to make him break up with her. So he's cooking a rack of lamb. He would have been cooking it almost all, at least for hours. Yeah, like, right. This is, this is not easy. Uh, and then they end up going out to eat. And I cannot tell you how, as a cook, how bummed that would make me. <laughs> I'd be real upset. So they go out to eat, but then she won't even eat at the restaurant. Like, that would drive me nuts. But her boyfriend thinks she's fat, Paige. That's what she claims is the reason. And yeah. then he's like, it's not. But then everyone looks at him like he's a bad guy. Uh, and oh, yeah, because she like, runs off crying to the bathroom and he He's just sitting there. I thought this was so funny because he looks super <laughs> guilty. And he's yeah. like, I swear to God, I did not fat shame her. And everybody's like, uh-huh. You look like the type. <laughs> How many times have you said lips and hips? I, yeah, but I do yeah. love that she's running into the kitchen to just hang out with the cooks that she apparently knows. And they're like feeding her taquitos while they're watching the Knicks game. Yeah. Yes. Here's the crazy thing. They go back to the apartment after... And they're hooking up. And this is where she names his dick Princess Sophia, except that he keeps calling it my member, yeah. which was very strange. Yeah, I don't like calling it my member. I think that must have been for like the keep their rating. There are rating. I don't know, man. They refer to it as penis a lot later after. This That's scene. true. The therapist calls it penis. Yeah. Well, damn it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Bad writing. Yeah. But so she she's trying to name it Princess Sophia. She's like scratching down his chest. Yes. Which in in the heat of the moment I get. Before things have started, no idea why she's well, doing it's, it. It's because she's legit bonkers. Like she's and, oh, and, yeah. and on purpose, right? Because she wants yes, to get yeah, him to yeah, break yeah. up with her. Yeah. Right. What would be a very funny reveal is if we see them hook up like we do in the shower. And it starts the same way, and she's doing all the insane, insane <laughs> and shit. That's her, that would have been very real funny to me. MO? Yeah, yeah, that would have been very funny to me. So the very next day, he shows up at work and is telling them the Princess Sophia story or whatever, and she shows up with a dog. She's just like, <laughs> yes, she shows up with Kroll. Their dog, yeah. Their dog, named after the name that he eventually gave his penis. Right. It's also a Chinese crested. So like she. It's like a purebred dog. <laughs> yeah, she spent like three grand on a dog that morning. Yes, which like the odds of you being able to find a purebred and just drop that kind of money on it. I'm, I'm guessing maybe she charged it to the magazine. <laughs> she expensed the dog. Yes. <laughs> um, but this is more evidence that Matthew McConaughey is like a down low, like kind of geeky nerd guy. Because yes. Kroll is actually the name of one of my favorite science fiction movies yes. fantasy moves from 1983 and i and i was like and that's what he wants to name his penis and i was like oh my god has i haven't even known anybody seen that movie and he names it in this movie maybe that's why he calls it that because no one saw crawl and no one gets to see his penis <laughs> <laughs> this is also where she buys him a burberry shirt to match her Burberry neck thing and the Burberry dog bag. That's all real expensive shit. Very expensive shit. And the shirt looked really nice on him. 
I thought it was too close to his skin tone, but that's just me. I, I thought think it was bl- insane that he takes his shirt off every morning and puts his button down shirt on every morning, but he would not take his shirt off yes! to put on that shirt. So now he's just <laughs> wearing two shirts like an yes! insane person when we already know he's okay to take his shirt off. Stop. Stop the podcast. <laughs> Are you telling me that you're going to argue about layers right now? I will <laughs> never wear two button downs at once. <laughs> Oh my. Now a sensible sweater over a button down Yes I will You can either do a hoodie or a jacket You can't do a leather jacket and a hoodie And a shirt that's a button down and a t-shirt Disagree Mikey We're ignoring the real issue Where we've established a pattern of behavior for Matthew McConaughey Where he will take his shirt off at any any moment for any reason all right, all right, except right. when she hands him another shirt right it's just strange it is very odd you guys he was just given a dog which is like a huge <laughs> that's like a that is a mind-blowing moment that someone you've known for four days has given you a dog given us a dog it's their yeah, dog it's their yeah. dog because she's like we're a little family and then like goes nuts with the public <laughs> display of affection oh, and yeah. then the dog pees on the pool table which replacing the felt on a pool table not cheap this is the first of two times it does that it conservatively would have cost six hundred dollars or more oh, to replace Jesus. that well, they could expense it too because all of these things are there. They have been ordered by their bosses to completely manipulate and destroy lives. Yes. He's looking at the collar on the dog. It's got a bunch of diamonds on it or fake diamonds. And she says, oh, just a little frosting. And that's where we get the ad copy <laughs> for the diamonds Frost yourself is going to be their campaign slogan for diamonds. And we forget about it for the next 20 minutes of the movie. But when it comes back, they say it every 10 seconds and it's infuriating. My favorite part of this whole thing is Matthew McConaughey walks into his boss's office and he's in there with hips and lips or spears and green, as we should really be calling them. Judy and Judy. Right. The Judes, right? (laughs) The, The Judies. So he pops in and says, frost yourself. And she goes, No, frosting is something you do to a cake. And that is like, I've been in meetings like this where you're just trying to like throw out ideas and you do have to throw out like really shitty ideas and you're just working with people who are like, I love you, but that's a horrible idea. What's our next idea, right? And I I feel like that's what she was doing in that moment. That's a horrible idea, Matthew McConaughey. Let's think of the next idea. But instead of that, the boss is like, well, that's a man saying it. So we're going to do that, even though it's horrible. And he even does a quick test out his window and says, ladies of New York, frost yourselves. yourselves. And then someone goes, frost you. Yeah, he he says, frost you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's like, well, they may not like it, but I do. And I was like, well, they're your target audience. Right. So maybe listen to the woman in the room. I was so mad. Todd, you're missing a sexist element of this scene, which is. (laughs) <laughs> they, they explain it and he's like women need to buy diamonds themselves they don't need a man and i'm like i don't think men should be talking for women and like and the girls were like you don't understand women that's a good point but this is never how we would sell that and they're like no frost yourselves yeah, yeah. why don't you go frost yourselves <laughs> yeah i was like yeah. oh this is like sexist on like all the levels yeah it's horrible yeah. it really is horrible and the ad campaign is also horrible now i think the ad campaign is very funny because when she's on, <laughs> when she does frost yourself, darling. I thought, I mean, I thought it was funny. Yeah, because she talks as if she's a, a donut about to be glazed. 
Not, she looks <laughs> and acts like Cruella Deville. She she does. She is real life Cruella Deville. Now <laughs> with shockingly gets, red hair. Yes, we'll which talk I think about was it. I think it was actually a hat, but we'll get to it. That I'm actually happy to hear that. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so he gets home and she's left 17 messages. <laughs> the last one of which. When he goes to like open the door for her because she's also at his house when he's checking those messages, the last message is literally just. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was insane. And then she shows up at the door and knocks and then he just stops the answering machine. Yeah, but if I had heard someone call and leave me a message that was just a giggle and I open the door and then see that, that that's them there. I'm 100% sure they are there to murder me. Yeah, because they're clearly the Joker. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, yeah. I know, Paige. Exactly. Now, has this ever happened to either of you? Voice messages, no. Text messages, absolutely. At yes. varying yeah. stages of niceness and aggression and anger. Yes. How yes. many were there? There was a time in my life where Todd wasn't a good dude, and there were a lot. No, oh, no, I mean, like, how many texts before? That's what I mean. It, it depends on the type of girl you're dating. You're going to, if you're ghosting a girl. <laughs> God damn it, Mikey. <laughs> so welcome back to Mikey's autobiography, Ghosting a Girl. <laughs> if, if they're kind of type A, they're going to send you the wall of texts. you've done it so much that you've broken out my personality type type a's will have your wall of text very thought out uh it'll start out nice and then slowly get angrier as you go through the message uh because they've very much thought about this this is their second draft <laughs> their second draft is that what you're saying yeah and it makes me feel so ashamed of who I am as a person that I can never answer them ever again. Very effective. <laughs> uh, the second, like a type B person is going to send you, that's more of the 42 messages where they yeah. also do the start out nice and they get meaner, uh, but they're just kind of reacting on the fly as their emotions come. I hate you, Mikey. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I met a dude on it. A, a dating site and we had texted back and forth to like set up a date later that week to like right. meet in person and that date never happened because the very next day he texted me 28 times after I already told him I was at work and couldn't answer him. So you you did respond and say you were busy. So the I got the first like one or two texts. And I was like, hey, I'm at work, but I will text you as soon as I'm out. Sure. And then he proceeded to text me. Hi. Or hey there, or what's up, 28 more times. No, you need boundaries. That is not good. So I blocked the number, and then he found a way to text me from his computer and texted oh. me 62 more times. And so I had to block that as well. And yeah, that date never fucking happened. Yeah, that's a good call there, Paige. I will say that I try not to ghost people. I've grown as a person, and that's very bad. It's fun to make jokes about, but like those people were really hurt, and I apologize. Not to them because I had ghosted them, but to you all because now I've grown. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Oh. So what she does next, because she leaves the laughing message and then just shows up at the door, she shows up with a photo album where she has cut 
and pasted <laughs> photos together. The craziest thing is she says, I used Photoshop. And then when she opens it, it's clear that she just glued pictures yeah. together. What she meant to say was scissors and psychopathy. <laughs> yes. I thought I thought she did both where she melded their faces together twice and then cut out those faces and then posted them on other pictures. I think sure. she also did that. But what <laughs> I think is the crazier thing is that all of her photos in this album are her making like sexy face and they're current. And then all of his are his high school senior photos that she got from his mom that she got from his mom. When we find out because his mom calls, she's on a first name basis with the mom. And this is where we find out that he wore diapers until he was five, <laughs> which is a trait of a serial killer. Right, Paige? The bedwetting is. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Sorry. And at this point, the dog pees on the poker table and he runs to the bathroom for a reprieve where he sees Vagisil on the shelf and has an existential crisis about it. This is played like it's a horror movie. (laughs) Yes. Which I thought was insane. Yes. I think I think I would have had the horror movie moment when she showed me the picture book. Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, so Mikey, what I am saying is the horror movie scene was actually before he goes to the bathroom, (laughs) right? Yes. When she giggles is then immediately at the door and then shows him that she's planned out their future and family. Yeah, that's the horror movie segment. Yeah. If I found out a girl contacted my mom before I introduced them. Oh, yeah, I would. I would lose it. Yes, but I do want to say that collage is the most sinister of crafts. Like, (laughs) it's very rare that it's a good thing. No, I've never done anything I'm proud of with a glue stick. I have. That's. (laughs) It's, I'm just saying, like, the second scissors and magazines come out. You're either writing a ransom note or you're making a mistake. Yeah, this is where she tricks him by saying she has tickets. Yeah, because he was just talking about the Knicks game and she goes, oh, I was going to see if you could do something tonight because I have tickets. And he's like, you got tickets. (laughs) And she's like yeah It's like front row You'll be able to smell the sweat Yes And then cut to them walking out of a Celine Dion concert Which apparently is going on in the same stadium as the Knicks game Which by the way Celine Dion tickets in 2003 Those are not cheap No This this is another thing that I'm like She must have had to expense it for work Also I would have loved to go to Celine Dion on the front row What you didn't see is Mikey and I walking out the same way Arm in arm in the pink (laughs) t-shirts Tears still in our eye Talking about how much we love seeing the Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet screen display yes! behind Celine Dion during the song. Yeah. Me just on the front load, just be like, play the Titanic song. <laughs> <laughs> I brought my own pan flute. <laughs> we cut to her on the rooftop with her two girlfriends, and she's like, why isn't he leaving me yet? And the girlfriend that writes the health and wellness column is eating a full dozen of donuts by herself. Yeah, Michelle, I think is her name. Like clearly binge eating a dozen donuts. Do you think that there was like a like a serious subplot where like they had eating disorder stuff that they address in the novel? I don't know. And and that's the thing that like I don't think so because it, it doesn't seem like that just seems so bizarre. What bothered me the most about this scene is that they are sunbathing fully clothed, and that's oh how you get insane tan <laughs> that's lines. That's true. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So the very next day, or I, I guess later that night, because she tells the girls, 
that it's poker night. Yeah. And they're like, it was poker night before he met you. So she shows up with a key that she got from the super of the building. He like made her a copy. Which is not cool. I would be so upset. Yeah. Oh, I would be moving. It'd be bad. Um, so she shows up with quote unquote yummy snacks, which are just veggies and cucumber sandwiches. And then she makes them all put out their cigars, which it's crazy that they were smoking inside anyway, but it is 2003. Yeah. Well, also that is in a small apartment. There would be yes. smoke everywhere they all are just like chain smoking cigars it's crazy <laughs> so she's like ruining the hands in the game so she's like she's wrecking all of it she, i mean but she's doing it because she wants him to break up with her absolutely yeah what i did think was crazy so at this point she finds the love fern she screams that you let our love fern die which is the <laughs> line that everyone remembers from this movie yeah and he's like no it's just sleeping you know like plants do <laughs> Uh, she like has a whole tray full of carrots and celery that she just like flips at the table, which is pretty great. Yeah. And she breaks up with him, which personally I thought broke the rules. I was like, no, no, no. You're supposed to get him to break up with you. That was the whole yes, thing. It did break the rules. I feel like it didn't. I feel like we're in a gray area because she says, I'm not sure if I want to be dating someone who thinks of me this way. And then he confirms that he thinks of her that way. And then he breaks up with her. And then she leaves. Yeah. His friends suggest couples therapy because he has to keep the account. And then she agrees to it. And I think I think this was an interesting plot point because there's a look that crosses her face, which to me is like, you know, this was her out. Why did she not just refuse to go to couples therapy? And I think this might be the first place where they're trying to imply that she is falling for him. But we haven't yeah. really seen anything to suggest that yet. Yeah. Except for like a couple of small, tiny moments. Yes. But I really do think she's just like, oh, I know a counselor we can go to. And she just wants to torture him because yeah. everyone in this movie is horrible. Yeah. Yes. So her friend Michelle poses as a therapist and extorts him for $300. <laughs> Which I love that she charges him immediately. That was so funny. Yes. I also love that at the end of the movie, he's like, you owe me 300 bucks. $300. <laughs> he's yes. running out of it. I love that. Yeah. But he also, he compliments her. He was like, you're not a therapist. Good job, though. You owe me 300 bucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> she complains about his tone. They, She asks how they're doing sexually. They haven't had sex yet. They imply that he has erectile dysfunction disorders. <laughs> then they imply that he's gay. Then they imply that he's a rageaholic. And then they imply that he is hitting on the shrink slash a pathological flirt. Yes. <laughs> it was at this moment in the scene that I noticed that Kate Hudson had tissues under her under arms. Her arms yeah. Which I think they must have cut some sort of joke out. They no, they they left it in because she goes, I'm a nervous sweater. Yeah. So, okay. Because I could not. I was like, <laughs> did she say something about the sweating? I don't understand. Yeah. I must have just missed it. I laughed at this whole thing because, like, as a therapist, it's really funny to see, like, this is, like, intentionally bad therapy. And I was oh, like, yeah. this yes. is hilarious. Well, I mean, but the difference is, Mikey, you're a licensed therapist. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I don't think Michelle's a licensed therapist. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no. she just, she's doing her best at, like, faking it's it. Like yeah. It's like the train wreck version. It's just so funny. <laughs> I don't even think she's good at the plan that's happening. No, like, she's not even going to improv because she's like, you're right. You should go see his family. And she's just 
just and Kate Hudson's like, what? Yeah, like, that was you were supposed to tell us to break up. Like, what's happening? Because she's also an awful person because she's yes. like, you know, it'd be more funny making her go to his parents house for the weekend. Right. I've got three hundred dollars. I'm going out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So they do go to Staten Island to meet his family and they have a great day. So here's my big issue with this movie is that from this point, the therapy appointment on, it's a different film. Oh, it is. Yes. And I think people love this movie from this point on to the end. And I th- and I'm like, they could have sprinkled in the emotion that is in these scenes from the Staten yes. Island on yeah. into the rest of the movie. And the movie should have been about they're trying to use each other but are reluctantly falling for each other and are having a hard time with it which they only touch on a little bit at the end of the movie. Right. But when she when she goes to meet his family, she's like, well, I'm not that bad of a person. I cannot be completely terrible around his family. Right. And, like, they both have this thing where, like, they're nice to each other and they start falling for each other. But it feels like a completely different film. Yes. It does. What we do see is her, his whole family really, really kind of immediately accepting her. And helping her beat him at a card game. Well, I mean, they already know her. Like, she has already spoken on the phone and is on a first-name basis with the mom. Yeah, exactly. And you can tell why they're super invested because he's never brought anybody home. Right. After that, he tries to teach her to ride a motorcycle and jumps onto a moving motorcycle. (laughs) Which had a stuntman, noticeably. And I was like... Yo, oh, yeah. I was like, they did not have to make this like an extreme event here. Yeah, it was very strange. (sighs) Then they go back to the house and they're like hanging out in the bathroom together. They got to clean up because they got... He brought ice cream over. Oh, oh, right, right, right. And then that puddle got like run into and then they got soaked with water. So she drives them home. But anyway, so they're hanging out in the bathroom to clean up. And that bathroom has a sweet mint green toilet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know that's a real random note, but I was like, I want one of those. And like she does a Kate Hudson does a good job of perve- like she definitely portrays guilt yes. during these scenes. Yeah. Where she feels bad because I think she's kind of thought that this guy was a douche. Yeah. And then she sees this whole emotion because he's very vulnerable for some reason during this whole trip. Right. Like 100% walls down. She never did anything weird to me. Vulnerable. Yeah. The therapy right. appointment never happened. And, and it's like, you know, this is my fears with my mom. And like, and then they they do open up in the bathroom and hooking up while there's seven other members of the family in the yeah. home. Yeah. yeah. This is their first time having sex is in <laughs> their parents' shower. Yes. That's super weird. It's super weird. They take the ferry back to the city and he tells her that tomorrow night's the diamond thing. But then he also, we find out, has playoff tickets for three days after that. Yeah, for game seven. Which for me, that's the point at which for him, this relationship changed because he only had to do it up to the 10 days. That's all he was planning for. And now he's planned for after. Right. And so now it's not just the thing for the 10 days. Well, she was super charming and kind and nice. That whole the movie played it like it was a whole weekend with his family, not just a day. Yeah. But like, yeah, he he like is into her, which is also really interesting because she's done really irredeemable things. Yeah, that one weekend doesn't erase the week before it. Right. So she goes into her office the next day and she's like, I can't write this article. I feel bad. Yeah, she's trying to get out of writing it, but her editor's like, no, you are writing this. She goes to the diamond thing the next day. We see the famous yellow dress, the one that is on the cover of the film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also uh, very similar to dresses that she had worn on the red carpet around the time this movie came out. Oh, interesting. And the whole theme of this diamond thing is 
frost yourself. So he like brings her in and is like gesturing to all these diamonds and is just like frost yourself. And it's just the it's still the craziest thing. To <laughs> yeah, say it's to a somebody. horrible marketing campaign. Also, like conservatively, how many people walked off with diamonds? Because they are very lax on security. We see her walk out with a, and I looked it up, the necklace she was wearing, just the big diamond around her neck would have been $16.2 million around this time. Just the yeah, big it, one, not the ones that connect the you whole say necklace. Six or six. Sixteen point two million dollars. It was an eighty-four carat Whew, diamond. Yeah. That's a lot yeah. of money. And they let her walk out of the event with it. But there's just diamonds everywhere. And we meet the husband and wife that run the diamond empire. They're like characters out of a cartoon. <laughs> I mean, one of them is Cruella DeVille. She is wearing a red mermaid cut long sleeve hot pink dress it's insane with what you can't super tell but it looks like it's a feathered hat of the same color but it's so close to her head that it looks like her hair yeah i thought it was her hair i honestly did the only reason I think it's not is you can kind of see her gray hair poking out underneath. Uh. And when they shoot the commercial, it's slightly different. But we also meet her husband, who's kind of creepy to Kate Hudson at one point, too. Yeah. Well, they have a thing where, like, each member of this cartoon couple hits on the main characters and the right. other person laughs about it. Yeah. Right. I think they were almost trying to, like, sow seeds of mistrust to, like, have them be like, he's he's flirting with somebody. What about me? But they picked the wrong people for that to happen with. Yeah, and also, we don't need that to happen because we don't it's their need friends it. and coworkers that tell on them later. Yes. I read it differently because there were, the, like, Kate, Hudson was looking at him getting hit on by her and was like, I think I'm like, she was like falling for him as she watches him deny her advances or whatever, which is also still a weird choice. It is. Yeah, I, I was going to say I, that is how they play it. It is just a weird, weird choice. Um, His boss goes over to talk to her and she says that she's not in love and the boss reads through it and is like, you are. So Matthew McConaughey wins because of sexism. And <laughs> I only I've only known him for 10 days. It's impossible. He's like, yes. But how do you feel when you look at him? And she's like, oh, oh, oh. And he's like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Tell yeah. Ben I said, congratulations. Yeah. He's a lucky man. Yeah, that's what it is. But I like teared up at this moment. Did really? you? Yes. Because I was like, oh, she really is in love with him. I was too stressed out <laughs> because I, re- I realized that his entire staff is there. And her boss is there. Yeah. And her boss tells everyone she meets about that story. So I knew that everything was going to come crashing down. It was only a matter of time. Right. And his uh, lips and hips, the Judys. The Judes. Tell his team members that they know that she knew about the bet ahead of time. And that means that he doesn't win. So they then go to Kate Hudson and are like, could you keep quiet about the bet? And she was like, right. The bet. The bet that I totally knew about. Right. And is clearly hurt immediately. Yeah. yeah. And then at the same time, her boss runs into Matthew McConaughey and is like, you won't believe this horrible thing that we're paying one of our editors to do. 
it's this. Right. And then realizes as she's telling him that he's the The mark. Yeah. So now they're both mad at each other. Everything's bad. She seems more mad than him, which I think is a little odd. Yeah. I will say, I think he was more relieved. Yeah, I think so too. The boss tells him, I think he's relieved because he actually has feelings for her. And this excuses all of the things he was super worried about. Yeah. All the red flags. Yes. He's still kind of mad, but he's like, I also was doing this, so... Yes. Then she grabs the mic and was like, let's bring up him. And I'm like, oh, man. Before we even get to that, the crazy lady is trying to get Matthew McConaughey to sleep with her before the announcements happen. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable and unnecessary. And this is like, we only met her two seconds ago. Why is she here? And then they announced that Marvin Hamlish (laughs) is going to perform at this event. And I was like, why Marvin Hamlish? And it must just be because that's who they could get. Played by himself. Oscar winner Marvin Hamlish. They introduce him that way. Uh, EGOT winner, bro. Yes, he's an EGOT. So then Kate Hudson, super drunk, storms the stage, gets the microphone. I have a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> And she announces that they're going to be doing surprise karaoke, which is the worst kind of karaoke. But then he announces that it's going to be a duet, which is somehow even worse. And they just turn to Marvin Hamlish and they're like, play your so vain. And he's like, that's not my song. They're like, this isn't about you. Yeah, poor Marvin Hamlish. I know. He's like, $50,000 is $50,000. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. And neither of them can sing. No. But they are, it is awful. They are proudly and atonally shout singing you're so vain but i like that because it's technically the most realistic part of the movie that's true (laughs) well and they're not even singing the right lyrics they're like like yelling at each other about stuff they did to each other yeah right then that's when she storms out with the 16 million dollar diamond right he follows after her security comes out and gets the diamond and they continue to yell at each other and i just have in my notes you're both awful please stop yeah i was like both of you need to walk away from the situation (laughs) because you both used each other and are horrible people yes we cut to the next day when her boss is reviewing the story that she's written. And she says, it's not what I expected. It's better. So much better. You can write whatever you want. Well, that's great because I want to write this story about political stuff. Uh, and she's no. like, not that. The <laughs> yeah. wind doesn't blow that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what can I write about? I don't know. The shit you uh, wrote about shoes. before. Like, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You yeah. work at Cosmo, write Cosmo shit, or find another job. So she does quit. Yeah. Then we find out that no one went to the Knicks game. Nobody used the tickets because he jokes about taking the dog, but missed opportunity. And there. he likes the dog. I do like that he likes the dog. I like that a lot. So she's over at her friend Michelle's. Basically, she has become the Michelle from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And as they're sitting there, there's a knock on the door. And my first thought was, is it Matthew McConaughey? How does he know where Michelle lives? It's not Matthew McConaughey. It's Mike, the guy who dumped her. Ghosted her. Because he missed the smell of her perfume on his sheets. And she starts to stand up for herself and then doesn't. Yeah. I've come back from a ghosting. Yeah, so a few things about this that I sort of like is the way Mike handles it when she stands up for herself the first time. He may not say these words, but it's very clear that he gets it and he is going to walk away from the situation, which is what you do in that situation. You make the offer, hey, I fucked up. I'm here for you if if you're willing. And when she says no, he starts to walk away. That's what you do in that situation. And nine times out of nine times, they're not going to call you back. Right. No. 
But also the whole thing is just batshit from the ground up because who would just show up at someone's house like this? But like, yeah, you're right. She almost has character growth and then the the movie immediately undoes it. And I do love that Andy, in the purest fashion, does not know when to leave. Yeah. Oh, she watches for way too long. Michelle and Mike are (laughs) clearly (laughs) about to bone. And she's just on the couch, like, leaning in like, yes. Here's what's crazy. They're about to bone. They go outside and you can hear her say, yeah, I know where you live still. Yeah. Which means that she left her own house where there was ostensibly a bed to go back to his house to have sex? I guess. Instead of just being like Kate Hudson, get out. There's so many weird things about this movie. This movie was written by aliens who've never met humans. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it really seems like that. There's so many like... Why would you choose this? It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. The next day we see the Frost Yourselves commercial, which is just it's bonkers awful. from head top to bottom. It is bonkers. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> and she's got her crazy accent and she's like, ladies, Frost Yourselves. It's not an accent. You can't call someone who is audibly drunk. That is not an accent. I think she's supposed to be European. Well, and she does accents like I do accents. Yeah. <laughs> While they're watching her slur her way through frosting herself. Yeah. Tony, I think it's Tony. Yeah, he brings up the magazine. And basically forces him to read it, which then prompts Matthew McConaughey to run to her work where her desk is already cleared out. So I want to point out that there are pull quotes in the magazine article because he actually does not read it all the way through. He just for us. reads the pull quotes. <laughs> I know. And and the last pull quote literally says, my final article at Composure. So he should already know she quit, but he doesn't. He goes to Composure magazine and is like, where is she? Oh, clearly you did not read the article that led you here. Didn't read it at all. And her (laughs) friends are basically like, well, she's... She has an interview in D.C. to write the kind of stuff she wants to write, which is the fastest interview I've ever, yeah. like, within a day. She's got a great headhunter working for her. Not a phone interview. We need you to fly immediately to D.C. to interview. And you already have a flight. Like, what are the odds? So then he gets on his motorcycle. He drives to her house where he sees her getting into a taxi. Right. And then he follows the taxi onto the bridge and makes her pull over on the bridge, which is insane. Oh, you know what's more insane is when he tells the cab driver to take her bags back to her place because she's not taking a flight. Andy does not make that decision for herself. Matthew McConaughey makes that decision for her, and that drove me crazy. This is the most frustrating part of the movie for me because she gets out of the cab, and he's like, did you mean what you wrote in these pull quotes? And she's (laughs) like, yes, oh my God, yes. And he's like, great, so where are you going? As if a relationship or loving him is enough for her to completely abandon her dreams. As if, like, why would you leave? (laughs) Clearly, Uh, you should stay here. Bullshit. Bullshit. And he's like, you could write anywhere. I'm like, stop invalidating her dreams and career choices for your stupid dick. I can't. I can't. (laughs) Also, he could work at an ad agency in D.C. They have a shitload of them. I was furious for someone in advertising to sell things. He has he just cannot communicate with people to get his ideas across, which is crazy. 
He should have stopped and been like, did you mean this article where you said you loved me, but you lost yeah. me? And I liked his question because he's like, did you write this just to sell magazines? I think that's a fair question. I thought it was a fair question. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I surprised they included question. In the, I'm surprised they included it in the movie. And then she said yes. And instead of just being like, I'm in love with you too, what are we going to do about it? No, he Han Solo's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I can I pose a better version of this? Yeah. And, and I realize it's not a cinematic version of it. It would be better in real life. Let her go to the interview. Yeah. Text her and say, hey, I'm really proud of you. I hope your interview went well. I read the article. When you get back to New York, let's sit down and have dinner and talk about I'd it. I'd love to have a chat. Yes. He could have stopped the cab been like, did you mean that? I'm in love with you. Can I go with you to D.C.? I was on board for that, yeah. too. Yeah. What if he left his motorcycle, the symbol of his singlehood, on the bridge and just goes with her in the cab to the airport? That would have been great. My other ending that I would have settled for would, would have been like, do you mean this? Yes. I love you, too. Go get that job. And then he sends the cab on its way and he drives home. Yeah. And then she comes back. Then they kiss. Credit. I got the job. Or I can mm -hmm. work out of New York. You can just literally throw lines anywhere that mean anything. That's how movies work. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And instead. I got a job. I get to work from here. It's amazing. Paige, I don't know if you learned this in your years of film school. But you could just throw even... lines anywhere. That's anywhere, how movies that's work. That's how movies work. <laughs> she can't even look at me. It's not wrong. Um, <laughs> but she could have came back and been like, I got a job writing politics and I get to work out of New York. My interview went great. Now we can be yeah. together and it's a happy ending. That's, you know, I mean, like you can make a happy ending. Yeah. No, they just had to make her quit her damn job. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. And then they kiss and then there's no ending. It, they just kiss in the movie. Ends. Yeah. Yeah. They just kiss. And, and that's the movie. That's the movie. Yeah. Roll credits. So let's get into some fun number stuff. Yeah. Fun number stuff. So uh, one of the first things, uh, Celine Dion concert tickets topping out for cheap seats around $300 a pop. But they had front row seats. She said they had front row seats. Those tickets are easily $1,000 a piece. <laughs> That's insane. Wow. I hope she expensed them. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she did. For a Cosmopolitan med magazine editor uh, on Glassdoor, the salaries range from fifty-five to seventy-three thousand oh, dollars a year. Shit, in New York, <laughs> that's like thirty thousand dollars in that. Yes, yes. Oh, which yeah. I'm like, I'm like fifty fifty grand in New York is poverty level. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you can't live on yeah. it. It's insane, uh, especially when a one bedroom apartment. Because we never really, we don't see much of her apartment. We do see his apartment. By the way, in advertising, um, he might make anywhere from about sixty k to one hundred and ten. Yeah. So he's making more than her, but a one bedroom in. Manhattan, because they both live in Manhattan, as is established, is anywhere from twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars a month. <laughs> so if he was making low six figures, that would be a tight yeah. squeeze for him. Tight squeeze yeah. for him, and she is not shown as having roommates. Right? No, she's not. Now, some notes: average couples counseling costs in New York could be anywhere from one twenty five to four hundred dollars. Four hundred. I'm in the wrong place. Dude, you are. It's that it's that expensive in California too. But yeah, so those are some monetary fun facts along with the fact that Kate Hudson doesn't really eat much in this movie. Yeah, that is insane. <laughs> it's crazy. So well, do we think they're still together? Absolutely not. Thank you. Yes. No, I don't think they're together no at all. No way. 
They broke up 10 days after this movie ends. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. She's like, fuck you. Why didn't I do that interview? Bye. Yeah. I think they're together. I think, oh they, live on Staten, I think they live on Staten Island. They've both been fired because they're completely incompetent from their job. <laughs> <laughs> and they kept expensing Celine Dion tickets <laughs> and, and, actually... pure, and purebred dogs. <laughs> they moved in with his parents, which is where they're actually at their best. And so they ended up falling in real love and stayed together with like working class jobs. Oh, man. I don't agree, but that's a solid explanation. Right. <laughs> I disagree, but I like how you got there. I'm yeah, so ashamed yeah. that I like this movie. <laughs> that's not the point, Mikey. Yeah. The point is not to shame. It's just to, you know, to educate, to educate. You guys are not shaming me. I'm ashamed. It's a self shame. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god that i felt when i watched it and now feel stronger now that we've talked about it <laughs> would you date her absolutely <laughs> <laughs> what if what if she was that level of crazy what if, no. what if it was the real i mean she is a very attractive person but like there was multiple instances where i just don't think i could have I could not have made it through, even if I my even if my job depended on it. I do think that she is delightful when she is not working to get him to break up with her. So yeah, sure, she seems like she seems like a great fun person, right? If if I brought her around my family, like like he did for a weekend, and it went that well, I would definitely probably fall in love with her. So yes. I mean, but would you bang her in your parents' shower while seven other family members are in the house? That's a yes. That I, I, silence is a yes. <laughs> Just a heads up on that. Uh, I mean, sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I would not date Matthew McConaughey. No, he's you the could worst. Not pay no. Him. There is nothing attractive about him in this movie. Now, if it was Chris Evans, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Or Chris Pine, either one. Yeah, uh, I'm down. Paige has yeah. a type, guys. Clearly, and it's just not McConaughey. No, it is do not. Do I think I would work out long term with her? No. <laughs> but that has there more to do with your issues than her issues. Uh, oh, that's so mean. <laughs> Can we talk box office real quick? Yes, absolutely. What do you think the budget for this movie was? I'm going to say 30 million. Okay. I'm going to say 22. All right. It was $50 million. What? Shit. Yeah. Where is that money? None of it's on the screen. I think it's actor pay. I mean, you have a lot of pretty big name people in this. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, it it is wild. Do you think it was a good investment? Let's talk about that. So the movie came out on- This movie was huge. Yeah. So this came out February 7th, 2003, so uh, peak Valentine's uh, Day, right? Yeah. What do you guys think it made in its first week out domestically? Oh, this made $80 million. I'm going to say 60. All right, in its first weekend out just domestically, it made $23 million, 23.7. Oh, I was way oh. off. It was wow. the number one movie that weekend. It was up against mm-hmm. Shanghai Nights, which was number two, Chicago, okay. The Recruit, oh, okay. and Final Destination 2. Ooh, Final Destination 2 is good. It did very, very well in theaters. Domestically, it ended up making $105 million. <laughs> and internationally, it made 72, putting the total at $178 million. That's crazy it for a rom-com. crazy. It made a lot of money, yeah. I can't believe anybody greenlit a $50 million rom-com. I mean, but it was a I, good bet, man. They made a lot of money on it. I would bet money that there have been $50 million rom-coms since. 
another $50 million rom-com that came out three years after this, also starring Matthew McConaughey, was Failure to Launch. Ooh, that movie's so good. But that's box office. All right, so this week, obviously, we watched How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. What are we going to watch for next week? Uh, guys, we're going to watch A Lucky One. The Lucky One? The Lucky One. Is it The Lucky One? Mikey, it I is think it's the, the Lucky, lucky one. one. And <laughs> Let me just read you the synopsis real quick. A Marine travels to Louisiana after serving three tours in Iraq and searches for the unknown woman he believes was his good luck charm during the war. What is that about? <laughs> It's I I have an unabashed love for Zach Efron. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get your head in the game, Mikey. So you guys have never seen this? No. No, no, I've never seen it. <laughs> wow. I remember liking it, but also remember <laughs> the plot being just completely bonkers. All right. I'm here for bonkers. I'm I'm totally down. I'm in. Guys, it has a Metacritic score of 39. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited for this. So, guys, watch A Lucky One for next week. Yay. It, wait, is it A Lucky One or The it's Lucky the One? It's The Lucky One. It's The Lucky okay. One. It's the one with Zac Efron and Taylor Schilling. You guys, okay. we're the lucky ones for watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably listen to our other shows. You can listen to me on Cult Podcast every week, and you can listen to all of us, Todd, Mikey, and me on Horror yeah. Virgin. If you want to find me personally on social media, I'm at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. If you want to find me on my internets, you can at me at mrandolph24. And I am at Todd J. Awesome. So, guys, check out our other shows. Hit us up on social media. Oh, if you want to follow the show's account, we are at what page? So, on Twitter, we are at Romancing Pod Show, S H O, because there's only so many right. letters that you can use on Twitter. They cap it out. They cap it out. And on everything else, we're at Romancing the Pod yeah. Show. So, guys, Yay. follow us on social. Leave us a rating and review. All of that great stuff that'll help people find the show. We appreciate it. But until next week. Bye. bye. You guys complete me. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit mama. <laughs>